Have you heard the news? There's another star born in the crowd. Y'all ain't heard the news? Yuri and Marissa Starr, who led worship last week. We were here last weekend when Yuri led worship with Pastor Thomas and them been out. He and his wife delivered their second star baby. And they had another little boy. And mom and baby are doing well. Not only that, one of our deacons, George and Jennifer Grubbs, had a little girl on Wednesday morning, early in the wee hours. Lily, a Lily came through the valley. And uh, they have a special story about their Lily in the valley. And... Uh, she uh, she came in the world on Wednesday morning, and then uh, you know when Thomas leaves, all these people in the worship department. Because Jennifer sings on our worship team, Yuri leads worship. When he leaves and comes back, I'm telling you things are happening in the worship department. This morning, this morning, our business administrator, his wife sings in the choir. Had a little boy. I'm telling you, if you want to get pregnant. Get in the choir. If you're desiring another child, it's a given. I told my wife, don't you get near the choir. You have to sit in the back row when they're in the building, baby. I'm glad to report all moms and babies are doing well, and uh, we just rejoice with them. I'm glad you're here this morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, open it up to two particular scriptures. The first one we're going to look at is Romans chapter 8. That's the first scripture we'll look at. And then if you have a little red stringy thing there, or you can take your bulletin, I want you to turn to a second scripture. It'll be the last scripture we look at. It will be 1 Peter chapter 2. Romans 8, 1 Peter chapter 2. How many were here last weekend? Heard Pastor Marcus preach on uh, ruling and reigning, how to get heaven to earth. How many know when the big dog's out, little dogs can do anything they want? Well, with the big dog being out, Marcus and I decided we're going to have our own little mini-series. So we got us one. I want to talk to you about this this morning. How do you get heaven to earth? I mean, a little heaven in your earthly matters. I know I do. I've got some issues in my own household. I've had them for the whole 26, 7 years that I've been saved. I've had issues that I needed heaven to act on my behalf. I'm going to show you a picture today of what you're supposed to look like. Then I'm going to give you step-by-step instructions of how to look like that. I entitled this message, When All Else Fails, Read Them Directions. Alright, be honest. Don't, don't fudge on this one. How many of you have ever tried to put that swing set together before reading the directions? I did it twice. Thought I was smarter than most of you. Yep, my children came out and they kept looking at the box and they looked at the swing set. I'm not getting on that, Daddy. I was a little hard-headed. I just said I knew I could figure it out. And I put it all together and thought, and they kept looking and I had to take it all apart because I missed the very first step, a key bar that had to be in there, and it can't go in last. It had to go in first. I find myself in the Christianity doing the same thing. I try to figure this all out on myself, by myself, all alone, and then when it fails, when it's not looking like it should look, I begin to read the instructions. 
So today I'm going to show you two things. Seen, I, the Holy Spirit dropped this in on me the last couple of months. I may preach for an hour and a half. I'm sorry. You know, and you don't preach real often. Every now and then you just well up with something. And I, I've been sitting on this a while. So if I just blow up up here, you just, you just wipe it off and we'll go on, okay? I'm pretty excited about this word, though. I want to show you what you're supposed to look like. And I want to show you step-by-step instructions. If you'll follow these instructions, these are not my instructions. If you'll follow these instructions, you will look like what you're supposed to look like. If there were a picture on the outside of a Bible that says, this is what you're supposed to look like, and then you open it up and say, how do I look like that? I promise you, you'll be helped. All right? Romans 8, are you there? I want you to read this scripture with me. Verse 11, if the Spirit of Him, now who is Him? You can talk back. That's God. If the Spirit of God, alright, we're not talking about anybody other Spirit than God's Spirit. If the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, did you, did you realize what this Spirit has the power to do? Read it. Has the power to raise people from the dead. Is that right? Now, if this Spirit has the power to raise people from the dead, do you think the problems that you may have brought into the building today are a little bit under that? I mean, if you're alive, the problems you're experiencing on earth are under resurrection of the dead. Is that true? Now, my question to you this morning is, did the Spirit only have that power one time? Not not so, because we saw many people raised from the dead. The little boy fell out of the window. Paul, you know, when the preacher got a little long-winded, Paul got long-winded. The boy fell out of the window, broke his neck, died. He raised him up, right? How about Dorcas? Man, how would you like to have that name? Might have let her lay there a little bit. I don't know. Dorcas. That's not, I, I just thought, what was that mama thinking about that day? I mean, my mama named me Jeffrey Allison. And I went to my mama and I said, Mama, what were you thinking that day? I know you had to be on drugs. What were you thinking that day? She said, honey, it was my best friend's last name. I said, mama, it's a girl's name. She said, no, it's my best friend's last name. I said, mama, they call me Alice all the way through high school. What could you have been thinking? I saw a little child up in the uh, kids' class uh, a couple weeks ago. She was walking down the hall, and I noticed her name was Allison. And I said, well, that's a great name. That's my name, too. And she goes, uh uh I said, yeah, it really is. No, it's not. I said, see, Mama, it's not working. Dorcas was raising that. Do you see that this spirit has power? The spirit of God has power to raise the dead. How many of you have ever seen anybody raise from the dead? Anybody? I've seen a video. I'm going to tell you something about this spirit today. Watch this. If the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, key word, if you have a pen, underline it, dwells in you. Get that? If the spirit of God, understand who we're talking about, has the power to raise from the dead, dwells in you, he, God, who raised Christ from the dead, will also give you something. What will he give you? Life. I mean, you need a little life today. How do you like a little life from heaven? Maybe in your marriage, maybe in your finances, maybe at your job, maybe help raising teenagers. I have three teenagers in my house right now. I need a little heaven. 
Send me a little heaven more, Lord. Send me a more heaven. I need some more heaven. Talk to me. Talk to me. I need some, I need some wisdom here. I'm not how I need. Talk to me. You might need heaven in your body today. Any sickness in heaven? Last time I checked, there weren't none. Any death and dying in heaven? How do we get heaven to earth? I'm showing you right here. I'm trying to give you a picture of what you're supposed to look like. If the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, dwells in you, dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give you the same life, the same resurrection power in your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Now listen, anytime Scripture repeats a word, you need to pay attention to that word. That key word here is dwell. Dwell in you. How are you dwelling? Listen, when Jesus came from heaven, He came from heaven to earth, spent 33 years on the earth, and went back to heaven. The Holy Spirit was immediately sent 40 days later, and He went into earth from heaven, sent from God who is in heaven. If you need heaven today, get the Holy Spirit. He's already... You can get a deposit today in you from heaven. He came from heaven. He's going to return to heaven. He's going to take as many of us with Him to heaven. If you need heaven on earth, get the Holy Spirit. It's the key to the whole thing. This whole life can be boiled down to one key word. Dwell with Him. He's a pipeline to heaven. All you have to do is tap into Him. Jesus did no miracle until He had the Holy Spirit come on Him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 4, led by the Spirit, walked in the Spirit, spoke what the Spirit said, had the power of the Spirit, and then was anointed by the Spirit. If Jesus needed the Spirit, how much more us? Hear me. I'm trying to paint you a picture. We've got a direct pipeline into heaven. He's here on earth. All you have to do is tap in. How's your fitting into that? You get that connection into your spirit and you tighten it down and you don't let go. You'll have heaven everywhere you go. Listen, folks, I'm very competitive. I don't like losing. I don't want to lose. I lose a lot playing golf lately. I don't like it, but I'm still working at it. But you know what I hate more than that? I hate losing to the devil. So I'm reading everything I can get my hands on. I'm reading everything I can get my hands on about people who've won. I want to know about the people who've won. I don't want to read about the losers. I want to read about the winners. I've been reading every book I can get my hand on. Smith Wigglesworth and John D. Lake and Charles Price. These are men that came in and won. You know why I know they won? They look like the guy that should be on the front cover. Jesus! When I read about Smith's life, I mean, you can go to Amazon.com, just download Smith Wilder, 45 books right there. He didn't write a narrow one of them, but many people were so impressed. They wrote books about him all the time. This man won. What I like about his life, he got saved at eight, at the age of 32. He didn't even know how to read and write. He wanted anything special about him. He was a plumber. But he had his life changed at the age of eight by the Spirit of the living God. And at the age of 32, he's a plumber and he's working for the Lord. Everywhere he goes, he's leading people to Christ. He's so impressed with what God's done in his life, he can't get over it. At the age of 48, he said, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, for 39 years, 
to the age of 87, he turned the world upside down. He was in one meeting, and the man came in on crutches, had no feet. No feet. He said, tomorrow morning, I want you to go buy shoes. I said, I never bought shoes. He said, go buy tomorrow morning, you're going to need them. He said, okay. So he goes into the, the uh, shoe place the next morning, hobbles down there on his crutches, walks in, they open up the doors, he's the first customer who walks in, he says, so what? And then the little servant guy came out and said, what can I help you? He said, I need a pair of shoes. He said, what size? I don't know. I never bought shoes before. He said, eight. That sounds good. I like that number. A pair of eight. He said, what color? Man, there's a lot of decisions in buying shoes I've never faced before. Black ones. Bring them to me. Man brought out a pair of black shoes, unlaced them, put them in there, and he's watching. He's like, man, I've never done this before. And this man took his crutch, raised his foot, put the stump down into a shoe and a foot grew. He did a little jig. Hey man, I better get that other shoe over here quickly. He put it in and a foot grew to that. How can you get heaven to back you up on earth? Tap into the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you. I'm going to show you today. He will tell you things that are to come. He will show you things. Now listen, if you want to live a humdrum life, close your eyes and take your little nap. I don't want to live a humdrum life. Smith Wigglesworth died at the age of 87. When he was 72, he asked the Lord, give me 15 more years. I want 15 more years. Lord, let's do we got some things to do. 15 years. One week within the day that he asked it, 15 years later, he went to do a man's funeral, walked into the back of the vestry of the church, said hello to a couple of preachers. He stumbled, they caught him, and he was gone. One week within the 15 day or 15 years that he asked him from that day. 87. Listen, I have no desire to go to the nursing home and rock. I, I'm a card player, but I don't want to play that much. I don't have any desire to gum my food to death. I, I'm not there. There's no retirement in my future. When I'm done, I'm going home. But until I'm done, I'm going to work to the very last minute. There's nothing in me that wants to quit. I don't want to lose to the devil, and I'm finding out ways to quit losing to the devil. And I'm going to show you this morning. I'm trying to paint you a picture. If you will tap into this source, if you will tap into this channel, if you will tap into this pipeline to heaven, you can have heaven on earth. And I don't care what your circumstances are today. You're looking at a man 10 years ago who should have lost his marriage. My wife was packing, and I was excited. I wanted her to go. You're looking at a man who was filled with anger and rage. And I'm going to tell you something. I've tapped into the Holy Spirit and He's set me free. I had, I had addictions and I'm free. I'm finding out there's nothing the Holy Spirit can't do. If it's under resurrection, He's got the ability. And I want every bit of it. Smith Wigglesworth figured it out. And I'm going to read about every winner I can find. Because I'm not quitting until I see it. I'm going to see the dead raised. You can't stop me. I'm the only one that can stop me. As long as I tap into him, he's going to raise the dead. It's his nature. He's going to touch lives. He's going to see people saved. He's going to do things. He's going to heal marriages. He's going to heal bodies. He's going to, that's his nature. That's what's in heaven. He's trying to bring heaven to earth. If you will tap into this, if you'll get this dwelling part, if you will dwell on this dwelling part, it means to inhabit, cohabit. It means to remain. The Spirit came on Jesus in Luke 4, and it's the first time in Scripture that he remained. And that's the same Spirit that wants to come on you and remain. 
He doesn't just want to anoint you. He wants to fill you. He wants to fill you so full that your clothes will radiate His presence. He wants to fill you so full your shadow has power in it. Cliff Wigglesworth used to sit on the train riding from town to town where he had preached and people all of a sudden were gathering and he didn't know anything. He was just reading his Bible, not said a word. All of a sudden they'd start weeping and say, I need to know the Lord. You convict me just by being in your presence. Anybody ever said that to you? You convict me by being in your presence. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Three steps to getting to look in this dwelling place. Three steps. Three easy steps. They go in sequence. How many of you know when you put things together, step number one is normally meant to be step number one. Not rocket science. They do that for a reason. I think it's to trick me most of the time, but it really works. If you'll obey the instructions. Now listen, these aren't my instructions. I didn't create these, okay? They came from heaven. And I just want to point the instructions out. Stand in Romans 8, verse 5. Look at this. Instruction number one, you must find and keep heaven's perspective. You must find and keep heaven's perspective. Watch this. Romans 8, 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. How many of you see in that scripture there's two choices? You can live according to the flesh or you can live according to the Spirit. See two choices? Anybody see three? Anybody know of three? The other, other services, they didn't either. You guys are really smart. I'm, I'm glad we're up to date. Two choices. You can live according to the flesh or you can live according to the Spirit. What determines whether you live according to the flesh or whether you live according to the Spirit? There's a little phrase in there that I want you to underline in your Bible. Set your mind. You know, nobody in the building has any more power of your mind except you. No one can control what you think except you. If you want heaven on earth, you step number one, you're going to have to set your mind. You are going to have to set your mind. I have to set my mind. I can have heaven on earth if I will set my mind on what? It says right here, on the things of the Spirit. Now, I wonder what the Spirit is thinking about. Well, I'm going to show you. Go over to Colossians chapter 3. You don't have to turn there. Be on the PowerPoint. Watch this. Colossians chapter 3. What is the setting your mind on the things of the Spirit? If then you were raised with Christ. Remember that resurrection power we're talking about? If then you were raised with Christ. Sounds like the same thing we read in Romans 8. Seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Are you catching it? What are you thinking about? What are you dwelling on mentally? I tell you what you're dwelling on. Just listen to your mouth. It'll tell you. If you want to know what you're thinking about, just watch your mouth. Listen to it. Because it'll tell you what you're thinking about. As a man thinketh, so is he. That's what Proverbs said. Wisest man that ever lived on the earth said that. As a man thinketh, so is he. Set your mind on the things above. Now watch. Jesus. Did Jesus ever lose? Did Jesus ever lose? Even when it looked like he was losing, he won. Did he not? I mean, when they were crucifying him, the devil said, got him. He said, don't got me. Just wait three days. I'm going to burn your best robe. He looked like he lost, but he still won. Watch this. 
Jesus, in John chapter 5, verse 19, said this. And Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself what he sees the Father do. But whatever the Father does, the Son also does in like manner. Did you just see right there that Jesus has set his eyes on, on the Father? And watches what the Father... Now, where's the Father? Last time I checked, he was in heaven. Is that right? You're going to have to find and keep heaven's perspective. And the way you do that is you set your mind in watching in the heavenlies. What's this? Verse 30. Jesus said, not only do I see him do things, I can do nothing of myself as I hear, I judge. Did you just see that Jesus says, I do nothing of myself as I see and as I hear? Where? In heaven. Where's your mind? Where have you set your mind? Watch the Holy Spirit. This is the one we're supposed to tap into. Read John 16, 13. What's this? However, when He, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you. How many need a guide? It's offered. If you want a guide, a personal guide, He's here. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will tell you things to come. How would you like to know something's coming before it gets here? Tap in to the pipeline to heaven. He knows it all. Because he speaks what he hears. He, he speaks what he hears. He speaks what he sees. This is his nature. This is his life. This is what he's here to do. Let me, I had a woman come up last week at the 11 o'clock service right here. And uh, she said, uh, hey, I've heard a rumor about you. And I said, really? And I didn't know the woman. And she, and she, I, I've never seen her before. And she said, yes, I, I've heard, uh, I said, which one we got out? And I uh, got nervous about it myself. And she said, well, I heard that your wife had migraine headaches and that you prayed for her and she got healed. I said, now that rumor is true. If you've heard any other ones, I can't vouch for those. And she said, well, I have migraine headaches and I want you to pray for me. And I said, I'd be delighted to pray for you, but I need to ask you a question before I pray for you. She said, okay, what? I said, um, I said, now where are you from, first off? She said, well, we're from Houston. We have family here. And every time we come, we love your church. And every time we come up and stay with him, we come to church. It's such a time to be here. We just love it. I said, well, we're glad to have you. And she, I said, well, here's my question. What have you heard heaven say? And she looked back. She said, nothing. I said, well, let me tell you why when I prayed over my wife, she was healed. I'd already heard from heaven. I'd already found heaven's perspective. God and I had already talked through the medium of the Holy Spirit, through that channel. I had already tapped in and said, something's wrong here. And the Holy Spirit showed me what it was. And when I prayed, heaven backed me up. She's been free for 20 years. I said, let me tell you another story. I'm just encouraging this woman. I want her to hear from heaven. She's here. She began to start screaming down her face. I said, when our second daughter was born, I have three girls and a son. When our second daughter was born, my wife delivered the, our, our daughter's head and she, her shoulder stuck in the birth canal. Our midwife, who delivered somewhere between three and 400 babies, didn't panic. She began working. She kept working. She kept working. Kept working. And finally, at some point, she turned to me and she, she's a spirit-filled woman, loved God with all her heart. She turned to me and said, you better pray right now. I took it as a command. I fell flat on my face and I cried out to heaven. And I heard as clear as I've ever heard from heaven before. 
And I heard the Holy Spirit say, stand up and command the baby to be loose now. And I did, and immediately she shot out. And she's laying on the bed, totally blue. She wasn't breathing. She wasn't moving. The midwife came over and said, Daddy, call her by name. Now, i got to tell you something with my four kids. All four of my kids, when they were born, they almost looked identical. They all had jet black hair. I was grinning. They all went blonde. I don't know what happened. My oldest, Jessica, when Joy Lynn was born, she looked just like Jessica. So when I was leaning over Joy Lynn and the midwife said to me, call her by name, I said, Jessica, Jessica. And the midwife helped me and said, why don't you try her name, Daddy? And I said, I'm getting there. This looks a lot like, I was kind of excited in the moment. And the instant I spoke her name, she cried. The instant Daddy spoke her name, she cried. If you want heaven to back you up, folks, I'm going to tell you something. I told that woman from Houston. You want heaven to back you up, you better have a word from heaven. Heaven will back you up. You better find and keep. You're going to have to keep heaven's perspective. Everything doesn't happen instantaneously. We like, preachers like to tell you stories that happen instantaneously so you can go home and get something instantaneously. Let me tell you some observations that I've made about heaven in the 26 or 7 years that I've known heaven. Heaven's never in a hurry. I mean, Abraham got a word and by 20, 25 years later, Isaac showed up. Joseph got a word and 17 years later through prison, the word was fulfilled. Jesus got called to the ministry and come back to be here to be the Messiah. In 30 years, he wasn't in a hurry. Even when his mama said, hey, 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 we got problems here. They're running out of wine. Everybody's about to be embarrassed. The party's about to be over. We need your help. He said, not my time. Why are you bothering me? Sounds like he's in a big hurry to get in the ministry, doesn't it? I want to tell you, if you're a young man or woman today and you call the ministry, don't be in a hurry. Be in tune. Don't be in a hurry. Be in tune. If you've got something in your household that you're seeing that's not working out and you find a heavenly perspective, hold on to it. Don't give it up. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. You find heaven's perspective and you hold it until you see heaven on earth. That's your God-given right. He wants you to learn to rule and reign. Some of the tests that come are harder. When you first get saved and you start giving your tithe, God immediately blesses. I watch him do it all the time. As you mature, he makes the test a little harder so that you'll grow. He don't want you to be a wank wank all your life. I've not found heaven to be in a hurry. Second observation I make about heaven. There's no fear there. Fear does not motivate heaven. If you've got fear today, you need to get a heavenly perspective because heaven has no fear. And the third observation that I've made about heaven is it's all about daddy. It's all about daddy. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You walk through this door and I'll show you daddy. The Holy Spirit says, I want to illuminate Jesus to entice you to come to Jesus so you'll walk through the door so he'll show you daddy. It's all about daddy. Jesus said, I am not here. I'm nothing without him. He's greater. Why do you call me good teachers? No one good but God. That's Jesus. You need to get a heaven's perspective. You can get it on anything. He said, yeah, but Jeff, I, I can't hear from heaven like you. You preachers are something special. <laughs> yeah, right. I've been a preacher that long. It's been eight wonderful years in pharmaceutical. I heard God just as well as I do there and I do now. I sold drugs. 
I'm just selling a different drug today. You shoot it one time in your heart, it changes everything. You don't have to repeat the process. You need heaven's perspective. Well, how do you say, well, how do I hear heaven's perspective? That's step number two. I want to teach you how to hear heaven's perspective. Look at uh, Luke 5.16. What's this verse right here? You've got to take time to renew your spirit. And Jesus said this. So, Jesus himself, often, say the word often, withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. How many times did he do it? Often. Let's look at the next verse. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. Sound like Jesus was pretty serious about getting by himself to tap into this channel, to tap into this pipeline to heaven, right? Because he had the Holy Spirit. Is that correct? Now, every time Jesus did this, I want you to notice something. If you go back and look at those scriptures up, that's why we put them in your, your notes there. You can take them home and do some further study. When you go back and look at those scriptures, what happens immediately following those scriptures, if you want heaven to come to earth, you're going to have to learn to tap in the Spirit. You have to learn to get your spirit renewed. See, when Jesus did it, immediately things happened. As soon as he walked in, he went, I mean, right out of he walking down the mountain, came down, and they dropped a boy through the roof. And never walked before. And it's the first time Jesus ever said, not only can I heal your body, I'll forgive your sin. I can do both at the same time. That's immediately after his spirit was refreshed. The second time, the one I just read to you in Matthew, he came off the mountain and walked on the water to the boys in the boat. Anybody here ever walked on water? Me neither. I should like to. Sounds fun. If the spirit that we talked about the resurrection, do you think he still has power over all the earth? Jesus cursed the fig tree and the tree, fig tree with it. Well, you think he did it? He did it in the power of the spirit. think he walked on the water? He did it in the power of the spirit. Folks, I'm telling you, if you want to live a humdrum life, it's okay. I don't want to. Smith Wigglesworth died at the age of 87. They called the coronary office and the doctor came down and looked at him. He had every tooth that he originally had. Perfect shape. He looked at this man's body and he said, my gosh, what a specimen of a man. So how old is he? They said 87. He goes, unbelievable. He didn't look a day past 60. Unbelievable. Folks, he found a secret. You may not like his method. You may not like the way he did it, but he found a secret. And that secret is dwelling with the Holy Spirit. And the way you do that, you set in your mind. You set your mind on things above. And you take time to get your spirit refreshed. When they asked Smith Wigglesworth, they said, what's the secret to your power? He said, I met a minister years ago. An old guy. He's an old codger. He's spunky. There was something about him. Every time you come into his presence, there was an aura. There was, a, there was an air of the presence of the Lord about him. And when I met him, I asked him, I said, what is the secret? Man, there's a presence of God about you. I want to know what the secret is. And this old fellow said, listen, when I was a young man, the Holy Spirit would speak to me, and I was too busy. And he persisted with me, and he persisted with me. And then when the Holy Spirit began to speak to me, I'd start pulling away. I'd start drawing away from everything and everyone, and I'd get along, and I'd listen to what he said. And what he said, I obeyed. And he said, today, as an old codger, all he has to do is whisper. And I run to that secret place. Because there is light. There is the secret of light. I wonder what your calendar looks like for the last year. We got vacations to rest our bodies, vacations to rest our minds, our souls. You ever take a vacation day just to spend with the Spirit? You know why? The devil knows it's a secret too. And he didn't want you to do that. Because he recognizes if you get tapped into this pipeline to heaven, you'll turn heaven on earth. And you'll turn earth upside down. 
He's going to do everything he can to distract your mind. He's going to do everything he can to distract your time. And when he hears the Spirit speaking, he's going to speak lies to you. I'm going to tell you something, folks. We've got to get this straight. We've got to get ourselves straight to find out. Tap into the pipeline to heaven. If you want heaven on earth, you've got to tap in. Smith Wigglesworth had a favorite quote. Here it is. If you want to know the secret, here's the secret. Give attention to life's inflows. Outward service will dwindle if inward energies are not renewed. Read it again. Give attention to life's inflows. Outward service will dwindle if inward energies are not renewed. One day, Smith Wigglesworth went to, uh, on, he did it many days, on this particular day, he, uh, he went out on the street and he asked the Lord every day, would you give me a soul? He was so interested in the souls of man, he said, listen, if, if you're interested in healing, that's great, but a healed man can go to hell. He said, it's not worth that. Healing's not the issue. The issue is your heart and being settled with heaven. Healing is a part. And Jesus used healing to draw crowds and tell them about daddy. Healing's not the issue. Salvation is. He'd ask, somebody, he'd ask the Holy Spirit, give me somebody today. Give me somebody today. And every he was a plumber, he'd lead many people to the Lord. As he was plumbing, they'd come in and say, okay, you got something we ain't got. What do you got? I mean, they, all the time they asked him that. And he would tell him, this particular day, he's standing on the street corner and he's saying, Holy Spirit, give me a soul today. Give me a soul today. He's standing on the street corner and the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to stand right here. So he waved and he said the street was filled with people going left and right. And they were all just traveling down. And he was just crowded. Pat. He kept looking and kept looking. And he waited 30 minutes. Nothing. He waited another 30 minutes. Nothing. He said, I thought you were going to give me somebody today. How can you say? He said, just wait. I'm going to show you. An hour and a half went by. And all of a sudden, a man in a buggy came by, drawn by a horse. He said, that's the cart. Jump in there and tell him. So he runs out. He said, it felt like the Ethiopian, where he climbed up in the cart with uh, Philip and the Ethiopian. He climbed up in there and he said, hey, 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 can I ride with you? He said, yeah, come on up. And he sat down and he began to tell him about the Lord. And this man, all of a sudden, just growled, what are you doing? Why are you picking on me? This is, I can't believe. What are you doing? Get out of my cart. And Smith was like, he turned and said, I thought you said this was a guy. He said, it is a guy. He turned back to the man and he said, Holy Spirit said, you're the guy. You're going to get some more. Within minutes, the man was weeping. Opened his heart. Said, I want what you got. Three weeks later, Smith's mama called him and said, hey, Smith, uh, you been witnessing? He said, Mama, you know I've been witnessing. He said, no, did you witness to a man in a cart about three weeks ago? Yes, Mom, I did. How did you know about that? She said, well, I was with him yesterday. And I asked him, because he's, he's been terminally ill for five years, I asked him if he wanted somebody to come and pray with him. And he said no, that he had met a young man, and he described it. And when he described I knew it was you. And he described how you got in the cart and how rough he was with you and how you persisted and you stayed and you opened the windows of heaven of his heart. And he said, I don't need anybody to pray. I've already settled my account in heaven. I'm fine. So Smith, I just wanted you to know uh, he's been terminally ill for five years and that's the only day he's been out in five years. He died last night. Folks, there's got to have something happen in our hearts. There's got to be something that happens in our hearts about people, the people and the salvation. There's got to be something in our hearts that will be willing to wait an hour and a half on a street corner, looking for one. 
If we're going to see heaven, and heaven's going to back us up, we're going to have to tap into what's most important to heaven. It's people. It's got to happen in our hearts. If it doesn't happen in here, how in the world will it happen out there? We have a hard time giving a minute and a half, much less an hour and a half. Listen, if you're caught up in the making a living, stop. Get caught up in the heavenly. It's about daddy. I wonder what heaven has an assignment for you today. I wonder what the assignment for heaven from heaven today for you is. Have you accepted the assignment? Did you wake up this morning and say, Heaven, I know you have an assignment. You didn't leave me down here for nothing. You left me here to work for you. What's your assignment today? Heaven has an assignment. Will you take it? My last point, turn to First Peter chapter 2. I'll share this one quickly. You want heaven to back you up. You're going to have to find your place under authority. Step one is set your mind. Step two is you're going to have to renew your spirit. And step three, you're going to have to find your place under authority. Jesus said about one man, only one man that I see in Scripture, He said that, that He marveled. He marveled at a man. He said it was a centurion. The centurion had a servant who needed to be healed. And Jesus said, I marvel at this man's faith. This man had a faith that He said He didn't see in all of Israel. And this centurion made a statement Back over in Luke. I'm not going to have you turn there, but I am going to read the statement. Luke 7, 8. This is what Jesus said about this man's statement. The centurion said to Jesus through a committee. He didn't even go himself, but this is what he said to Jesus. I also am a man placed under authority. And Jesus marveled at his faith because he made this statement. Jesus marveled at his faith because he made this statement. And this man understood something about authority that we as Americans don't like. We don't like this word authority because we think it's binding. We think it's, 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 we think it's a chain. I'm telling you, we're, we're the land of the free, but we have to learn. If you're going to see heaven come to earth, you're going to have to learn to get in your place. Jesus had a place. Look at that. I too am a man placed under authority. Jesus had accepted his place under authority. He said, you want to be commended before me? Do what's right. When they ask you to cook the books, don't do it. When they ask you to entertain people in places you shouldn't be entertaining, say no. You don't have to be mean about it. Just stand up for truth. Are you going to be rejected? Absolutely. Are you going to be reviled? Absolutely. Are you going to be ridiculed? Absolutely. Get over your fear of rejection. Fear of rejection is only worship of acceptance. I'm only I'm already accepted by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and the God of Heaven. Who else do I need to be accepted by? Get over your fear of rejection. You're going to have to stand in the workplace and you're going to have to stand there and take reviling and rejection. It's the Spirit of God that set you up because He wants heaven to come to earth. He wants to demonstrate so people will be drawn and they can see Daddy. I'll show you. I can prove it. Look at verse 21. For to this you were called. Go ahead and just mark that out with your pen. Take that word call and mark it out. We don't like this. I'm telling you, the Scripture says we were called because Christ also served... For us, leaving us an example. When he was reviled, he didn't get reviled. When he was threatened, he didn't threaten. Listen, I'm going to show you. Catch this quickly and we're done. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were three boys who were advancing in their business like rapid. The king liked them. And these boys were moving up the ranks quickly. And then the boys around them got jealous. They're going to be jealous of you too. It's okay. Jealousies of the flesh. We're going to walk in the spirit. These boys got jealous. And when they got jealous, 
They said to the king, hey, those boys aren't bowing down to your beautiful statue, as handsome as you are, and they're not bowing down. And, and when the king came to him and said, why won't y'all bow before my statue? He said, because it violates our conscience before God. We won't do it. We are judged by higher judgment, and we can't bow, king. We like you. We love our business. We love work, but we can't do it. He said, if you don't bow down, I'm going to throw you into the fire. He said, king, it doesn't matter what you do. It violates our conscience. You'd be at liberty to do whatever you think is necessary, but we can't. He said, I'm going to heat the fire seven times hotter. He said, I don't care how hot you heat it. It's under resurrection. We know our God resurrects. They did. He sunk the boys in the fire and heaven backed them up. You want heaven to back you up? Get your place under authority. When they ask you to work, work harder than anybody else. When they ask you to sin, say no. Daniel did it. Paul and Silas did it. Heaven always backs them up. Heaven will always back you up. If you get under a place of authority and you're the best employee at your company and you do what's right, but when they ask you to sin, don't. Heaven will back you up. Three months ago, and I close with this. Three months ago, I was sitting here on the platform and Robert was preaching on uh, David and Bathsheba and Joab. That whole story where David sinned with Bathsheba and then had Joab kill her husband Uriah. And I was sitting here minding my own business and then all of a sudden I heard the Holy Spirit speak. He said, I want you to pay attention to this. And so I, when he does, I just I lean forward. What? And he asked me this question. Why did Bathsheba not stand up to David and tell him no? Why didn't she look at David and said, if you're going to touch this body, it's going to be by rape, and if you rape me, I'm going to tell? Why didn't Joab say to David, if you want Uriah dead, Hot Rod, come out here and kill him yourself. I'm not doing your dirty work. Would there have been wrath for it? Yeah. Would there have been some reviling for it? Oh, yeah. Would there have been rejection over it? Oh, yeah. But you know what Joab and Bathsheba both missed? They missed a golden opportunity to have heaven on earth. They missed a golden opportunity for heaven to invade their circumstances. Do you want heaven? Do you want heaven on earth? Set in your mind. Renew your spirit. And find your place under authority. And heaven will back you up.